So, oh, you did a sound check. I got you. You did it organically. I do a sound check every time. Yeah, you do. But usually you we, you announce it. You make yeah. it clear. Yeah, this time it. you did a, a secretive, surreptitious. I, I wouldn't do anything secret behind your back. Oh? No, I would not oh, do it. Oh, oh, oh. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that sneak into your heart and you didn't know they were there. Oh, that's good, until Robert. Until it's too late. Late. <laughs> And then there's a sacrifice that's needed. (laughs) And that's really good because the movie we're discussing this week is... Stowaway. Stowaway. And our top five this week is... Stowaway Stowaway (laughs) Movies. (laughs) Stowaway Movies. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. I miss my bud. Yeah. So for Stowaway Movies, did you take it on the face value or did you get a little bit of a poetic license with what is a stowaway? Or am I jumping the gun and we should wait till we get we to that point? We should wait till we get there. Yeah. 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 We'll talk about it. Yes, we will. All right. Yeah. It's a it, loud day. Do you hear? There's a lot of noises. Yeah. Yeah. It's just chaos going chaos, on Chaos, the there. streets. Can you tell your kid to keep it down? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, world, be quiet. <laughs> we're recording here. I think we're going to have some, uh, you know, there's it's downtown LA. You're going to have people blaring music. Out of their boom boxes. People still call them boom boxes? Do they still have it? No, they don't do that anymore. No, it's not they a don't boom do box anymore. anymore. People huh? don't walk around with those large things with the speakers. Oh, they definitely do that. Do they? Yeah. They still have that? Yeah. Oh. They do? Yeah. Oh. That's going on. No, not in Studio City. That's what we're hearing. Not in Studio out City. Out in the distance. Maybe in the out here, yeah, mm-hmm. in DTLA. Oh, in Studio City, they don't no, see no, that? No, they don't have boom boxes. No, no. They're not. They, they that's have, not the Michael Jackson uh, bad set where they're well, like on, on roller skates walking around and all red. Are you talking about the parody? Of the Michael oh, Jackson that was fat. A that, fat. Was, that was. I love that. Weird Al Yankovic. Who directed that again? Who directed that? Oh. Yeah. Wait, wait. You know this, don't mm-hmm. you? I'm going to say Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. See? There you go. I learned a lot. <laughs> hey, uh, what? Last week. Yeah, last week we did Awkward Conversation movies. Yeah, see. This was really That good. was our forte. Yeah. Awkward Conversation. Because it's what we do. Right. And it's what we do so well. Yeah. We got a lot of feedback. Let's share, shall okay, we? Please. Okay. Uh, one of our favorite listeners said, Robert took two of my choices. She always says that with there's something about Mary and Goodfellas. Again, Robert, that scene for me and Goodfellas, I told when I saw that in the theater, mm-hmm. my palms were sweaty. <laughs> my palms were sweaty. That, that incredible scene. Yeah. About funny? You think it's funny? Um, I, she said, I have my foreign movie, Yitu Mama Tibian. I don't know. Yeah, tu mama she, yeah, she mentions it. A fish called Wanda. I think you said. And you know what that means? No, do you? And your mom too. Oh. And your mom is that like on the schoolyard? Oh yeah. And your mom too. That's exactly what it means. Yeah, you're fucking. That's exactly with me. what it means. Fish called Wanda. I'm trying to remember. Uh, there are some awkward conversations probably, in there. And meet the Fockers. That's a really good. Oh well, wait, the, wait. There is the guy that stutters in a fish called Wanda. So <laughs> every conversation with him is awkward. Meet the Falkers is a really good one. That's that, the whole, that's the whole really, movie. Is the whole movie is on one that, big yeah. awkward conversation. She said American Beauty, and I don't know specifically what scene, but was anything well, coming to your mind? I, to me, the thing that pops out is when she pulls up in the drive-through and her husband is working at the drive-through. I love that scene. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk that's about awkward. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone else wrote in again with oh, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Uh, weren't they in bed? The two of them shared a bed. Yeah. Talk about an awkward conversation. Well, and the whole, again, the whole thing, Steve, they're both really good in that movie. Yes, yes. Steve Martin is, 
because Steve Martin's likable, right? He's just a, oh, yeah. a likable person. And when you're watching it, you're going, you're, you're being an asshole. And he realizes he's being an asshole. By the end of the movie, he starts to warm up and he realizes that, I mean, yeah. you, you are rooting for him to arc, right? And he does arc. And John Candy is a different type of asshole, but he's very, he's likable too, but he's being freaking annoying. And they both have to change and find this common middle ground. It's a great movie. I'll beautiful see casting. It again. It's really good. Let's put that down on our future classic list right. out of the vault. Well, they're going to, you know, they're remaking it. Right? Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. No, they shouldn't. Oh, yeah. Leave it alone. Who's, do you know who's starring in yeah. it? Yeah. You're making this up. I'm not. Are you being serious? All right, this is going to be, I can't wait. I'm seeing the smile on your face. Yeah. This is going to be disturbing, I think. Well, no, it's I don't like, know if disturbing is the right word, but it's not, it, I don't know. They're two comedians, right? Yep. Yep. Say one of them, and I can guess the second. Will Smith. All right, I'm done. Oh, Let's see. Is the other person also of African-American descent? I don't know if he's of African-American descent, but he's black. <laughs> Who is it with? Kevin Hart. Why am I not surprised? Why am I not surprised? And you know my mantra. I've been saying this for four and a half years. As soon as they remake The Great Escape, I'm checking out. Yeah. That's it. I, on your deathbed, that's what I'm yeah, going to tell you. Yeah. I'm going to be like, that's right. they're making with, the great escape. making the great escape. <gasps> yeah, with Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Goodfellas, little children. They all escape in the remake. That Yes. They all, they all live. They all get away. <laughs> Wait, you mean there's no bouncing the ball against no, the wall no, 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 planning no, no, the no, next no. escape? No, it's a basketball. They're it's like bouncing ba- <laughs> They make it back to the States and they play basketball. Oh, they join yeah. the NBA. No racial stereotyping here. She I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Little children? I'm not familiar with that. Are you? Mm, I don't know if that means so. She said 40-year-old virgin. There were awkward conversations. So I'm sure. trying to remember, too, and cool. Well, he's Luke. also, he, when he admits that he's a virgin. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, one of our favorite listeners said Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he said, "Short Circuit." I like that movie. Yeah, you know, it's basically the same conversation in Space Odyssey. Yeah, hmm. the Is same that, kind of thing. Yeah, that you're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but then he gave us our top five. These are good. You're gonna like these, Robert. You ready? Yeah. Number five, Airplane. Okay. Have you ever seen a grown man naked, Joey? You know what? <laughs> there are really certain good. times when our listeners write into us, and I wish, damn, I wish I came up with that. Yeah. That would have been my top five. Have you ever seen a it, grown man naked? The Joey? way he said that line, and uh, it's kudos to that listener who said that. Reservoir Dogs, I don't believe in tipping. Yeah, that you know whole that sequence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just one of the guys, it's okay, everybody. Tick, 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 tick. How many dicks is that? A lot. Is that just one of the guys? That's the, no, that's from Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, you that's, got They're talking about like a virgin. They're sitting around and then they then they start talking about tipping. I never saw it. You never saw Reservoir Dogs? Oh, another one to add to the classic list. You haven't seen that? Really? That. Do you know that? what the what the premise is? All I know is the logo is that we have like a half a dozen guys in suits with narrow ties. That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> the the whole movie it takes like the the first scene before the movie. Okay, the beginning of the movie, like before the, the title card and everything, mm-hmm. is them sitting in a diner kind of getting to know each other right before a heist. And then the rest of the movie is after the heist. And the heist has gone wrong. And they are trying to figure out who survived because the cops were waiting for them. And then some of them are, are trying to figure out, like, it must have been an inside job. The cops knew 
we were coming. They were waiting for us, and they had to shoot their way out. So was one of us a cop? And who is it? Who so is the, the whole cop? movie is them trying to figure out, out who, who it was. Who it was. And then there, wow. there's a bunch of flashbacks that happen of like kind of lead up, and you start to figure out that there was indeed a an undercover cop within them, and they're trying to figure out who that was, and that's what the whole movie. Wow, is about. wow, this sounds like a Tarantino movie. Sorry, moving on. Anyway, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, just I'm not familiar with just one of the guys. Are oh you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. she dresses up as a guy. Oh, oh, She's okay. Like, you know, it's was she a student reporter or something? I need to remember that. Mm-hmm. His number two was, look, he wrote, look who's coming to dinner. I think yeah. he meant guests yeah. who's coming. You know, that's really a good one. Guests yeah. who's coming to dinner. Talk about awkward conversation. And then he and mentioned for this number one, rope, um, two conversations. The first one, Jimmy Stewart, morally wrong. I'm sorry, what? Can you I, say? I'm mumbling here. Jimmy Stewart, that murder is morally good if you kill off the ignorant. And the second is when they purposefully uh, invite a guest, ex-girlfriend, and she has to confront him. I... I not familiar enough with rope. But oh, really? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, that's good. I just remember how the camera ba- panned into the back of the guy's suit so they could change mm-hmm. the film canister in the camera. Yeah. Yeah, because it was all done in one take, yeah. supposedly. So that's what he said. I love what this person said. True. This, this is a different person. This is a different person. This is, this is yeah. This is our, our gal, Kelly. True romance. Now, Robert, at first I didn't know what she meant. And then we've been exchanging, and she said, you've got to see this scene on YouTube. You know this scene. And I've never... If I saw this in the theater, I sure as hell don't remember it. And it's with Christopher Walken Mm -hmm. and with uh, Dennis... um, Hopper? uh, Yeah, Dennis Hopper. And the two of them facing off and that whole thing... Call, virtually calling him a nigger is what it is and saying that you're from Sicily and when the Moors came in and that's in your blood right now and then the guy picks up the gun and just blow the, the tension and the classical music that's being played in the background very softly while they have this exchange you know this scene mm-hmm. talk about an awkward conversation do you know who wrote that movie? Quentin Tarantino huh. didn't he do Reservoir Dogs? moving on yeah, but he didn't direct it. It was directed by, what's his name? That's correct. Yeah. Who had a brother who jumped off the bridge? Wait. Something. Yeah. Something like that. Is that, that. right? Yeah. You know what I mean. Okay, all right. Um, anyway, I love that. Again, I, you know, I'm just going to let your you're just perception of, of history, of cinematic history, <laughs> run the show. So in other words, you're letting me make a damn fool of myself. I would never do such a thing. But that's sick. I'm glad she sent me that link on YouTube mm-hmm. from True Romance. Good. Everyone's saying Goodfellas. Funny? You know, Funny how? You know how? who wrote Goodfellas? Well, I'm going to say Scorsese. No. No? Seriously? No, I didn't write it. Mm-hmm. Who no. did? Tarantino. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he's just fucking with me. Oh. No, he didn't. No. Hey, what about this? I love what she wrote. Brokeback Mountain. And then she wrote all of it. <laughs> 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 the whole movie was one long, extended, awkward conversation. Something about Mary. Almost famous, she said. The kid pretending to be older. To, so every conversation was awkward. Mm-hmm. And then another one of our faithful listeners said, Chinatown, the famous sister-daughter, sister-daughter of the slap slap. She also mentioned the crying game. uh, And she said it was brief, but after the big reveal in the third act. And then just before I left to come over here, one of our faithful listeners who happens to be one of our most popular guests said, make sure you include for awkward conversations that great scene in Once Upon a Time in America where he goes to Spawn Ranch. 
and it's real awkward. Yeah, that's the pretty tension. good. And you know what? Kudos to that because it's in the dialogue <laughs> and the anxiety that all is not well here. You're lucky to get out of this place alive. That's an awkward moment. Well, we're, we've discovered something. What's that? Tarantino is apparently the master of awkward conversations. Yeah, this is funny. There's been like five or six. But Ira, yes? I think we're missing the... The Pen- king the of ultimate, all ultimate Pen- Tarantino awkward conversations. Well, from Inglorious Bastards, when Christoph uh, Christoph Waltz is sitting down and yes. the Jew is hiding underneath the floorboards. Yeah, and yeah. the entire that's the beginning of the movie. Is yes. it the farmhouse? Yes, it's in the farmhouse. And that scene, that scene, and he's drinking milk. Right. Isn't that weird? I remember that he's drinking milk. I remember seeing that in the theater and no one breathed. No, I saw that in the theater. And again, my palms were sweaty. Mm-hmm. My palms were sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Tarantino is clearly our <laughs> He winner. really is. What does that say about him? <laughs> he knows how to make an audience yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. We thank our listeners By the way, for the way, I, I, I just what? want to be clear. Yes. I, you know, I, I was joking earlier when I said Scorsese did not write. Inglorious Bastards? He had nothing to do with it. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah. No, he did right. I know. Yeah. We thank our listeners. Yeah. Hey, man. <sighs> yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was uh, what's going on in the news? You, now, you know how you berate me <laughs> the last few months? Now it's my turn to berate you. No, what? That's really sloppy. What? You could have done better. Well, well be right the news what? in the news. Yeah, rhyme it. Well, you're, I, no, no, you already blew the, the setup, so I can't salvage what you've done. Oh, it's already it's already blown. Yeah. Well, what's the past tense of, of blow? Blue, 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 blues. Blues, blue in the news. <laughs> hey, you just you salvaged it. By the way, I don't know if I said this. To, something really bothered me, and I think we talked about this as being profoundly awkward, like an awkward conversation. But at the Oscars a few weeks ago, the the acceptance speech that was given by what's her name for Nomadland, mm-hmm. and she's kind of wacky. Did I mention this to you or in our podcast that when she was giving that howl? Do you remember she was howling mm-hmm. and it was really bizarre? And we know she's kind of odd right. and she's done things like that. She's married to a Cohen brother, you know, you know that. Do you know why she howled? Because the cinematographer that died. Yeah. 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 You knew that. Yeah. Did I mention this the before? Wolfpack? You knew, no. that. I knew that. And they would howl. And so she, that was a tribute to him. And when I, when that was explained to me, I thought, well, wait a minute. That's kind of cool. And it's, it's still weird. It's she's still doing it in a weird way. Yeah. 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 She also looks like a homeless person, so that doesn't help matters. The way she is normally or in the film? It, Both. It, during, this, during the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she rolls up there, and everybody else looks decadent, and yeah. she looks like she just rolled out of bed. Yeah. She's kind of crazy. Yeah. I wonder what she's like in bed. Yes. Again? she shaves her armpits. That's kind of the defining mark for me. It really is. How can we find out? <laughs> we can ask Joel or Ethan. She, she seems like someone who might not shave. I agreed. Could you be with a woman who doesn't shave her armpits? If um, if she'd hold still, let me shave them. If she let me shave her armpits. Underarm hair on women. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Can I also say... Good thing you're not French. I was thinking about this. Why the fuck do we have hair under our armpits? What other mammals have this? Like You don't, Why see, you don't see dolphins with little tufts of hair underneath their flippers. Right? So what... 
what purpose does that serve? We understand hair on different parts of the body. Right. And through the process of evolution, it served a purpose at one time, even if not now. Right. But under your arms... Well, um, I think people would say it's like friction, you know, to help like lower yeah. chafing. Yeah. But man, I would think that would evolve out. I can't imagine that that would really... It can't be that bad of chafing because half the population of at least America, possibly the world, shaves it. Right. And they get along just fine. Right. Right? So... How has this not evolved out of a, of humans? I think about this sometimes. This is very This is what I think about it. At two in the morning. morning. Right, right. Well, we ask our listeners to respond to our questions. No, question. we don't. That's no, we fine. Don't. Hey, I just want to say again, you know, A Quiet Place Part 2. Kudos. Kudos to the filmmaker for stalling. Mm -hmm. For stalling. And he held out. And, and what's his name? Uh, you don't think I know, do you? John Kaczynski. Cause, is that, am I saying, no, I'm leaving out a syllable. I'm so close. John is it John or John Krasinski? Yeah. Whoa. There you go. Of course, we know he's married to. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miss Emily Blunt. Oh. Yeah. But I really admire, and I know I said this last week, but I so admire that it did, what, $60 million on its opening weekend, the three-day weekend? Yeah. And you know this. I think I said this. It was on the news again where they showed him going from city to city welcoming. That's so fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. He was, like, giddy that it paid off. It paid off. Anyway, okay. There's something really interesting that you sent me. And it's all about. A I like class. when I get credit for your. Oh, news you're getting stories. credit. I'm. I'm sharing. But the you can take credit for the. News I don't want to. No, I'm, I share these things. So they think they know where the lost cut, the original cut, the may, way the movie was meant to be seen of the magnificent Ambersons. You know about this, of course. I, well, you I know. You I sent you the it article. To me. You know they're making a documentary on the whole TCM is well, making. I sent you I, the they article might as well. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I'm not sure that you really just described what's going on. Can you try describing it for somebody who doesn't know what's happening? Of course. You ready? Yeah. Okay. It was made... It's what, what was it? The Magnificent Ambersons. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, was in 1942, and it's largely considered a classic. But are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. However, you're going to be impressed. When it came out, when it came out, it was heavily criticized by a group of high school students. They had high school students critiquing it. They didn't get it. They didn't like the end. Test screens is what you're Yes, 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 yes. The studio caved. The studio caved. They went back. They re-edited the hell out of it. They shot a different ending. And that's when Orson lost all control as an auteur. They kind of didn't trust him after that point. Now, they think the original, the original stock was melted down as nitrate for the war, but there still is the cut the way Orson wanted it, and it's in Brazil. So we have people going out to Brazil to retrieve it. They're making a documentary on that, and we can see the magnificent Ambersons as was meant to be seen. Right. So after... Woo, how does that, That's huh? pretty good. Hey. I'll give you a B plus. Oh, yeah. Not an A minus? After Citizen Kane, I mean, he could do anything he wanted, right? And so he decides to do the magnificent Ambersons, his cut is three and a half hours. They show it to a bunch of high school students. Yes. And I think it was a double feature. I think they showed them that. And then there was a, a musical that came out that was like a candy, like disposable, whatever. And they were like, oh, this is great. <coughs> so of course. Of course they're not going to sit around for the long, boring, uh, you know, talkie. So, yeah, they they the studio was like, okay, we have a stinker on our hands. Let's recut. New ending. Change it all around. And, yeah. Uh, so the editor when they were editing it, had sent Orson Welles a screening print of the, of, the film, as the, of the edit, right? So a print of how they were editing it, sent it down to 
Brazil while he was down there. And so it's in South America because it never got returned back to the studio. They think it's still in South America somewhere. How could the studio have done this when Orson Welles was one year after Citizen Kane? Or one or two years, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. It wasn't all that long. So if And he was like a, a god at that moment, wasn't he? When Citizen Kane well, came out? Or did Citizen Kane grow as the years went by? Definitely the latter. Yes. But at the time, I mean, keep in mind, Citizen Kane only won one right. Oscar. But that was largely because William Randolph Hearst had basically said, right. if you... If this wins, then I'm going to block you from newspaper, you know, advertisements for the movies. I, I wonder too if it was also a matter of um, I, I don't I, I don't know if there was much monkey business that was going on behind the voting system, but looking at this year's Oscars, for example, you know, we talked about this before of them designing it so that Chadwick Boseman would be the winner at the end and. They would have this big emotional emotional swell. swell at the ending. Instead of best picture, it would be you know the best actor. We'd and go his out wife was note. ready to give the speech. Right. And there was also Reez, uh What's his name? Uh, uh, I'm about to say Reason. Sorry, that's not it. What's the guy's name that did Sound of Metal? I can't. Think oh, of his name. oh, the the actor. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's something like that. Anyway, okay. He. I'm confident that they split the vote. Yes, yes. And so now you've got Anthony uh, Hopkins, Hopkins, who ends up with the Oscar. And he wasn't wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. All right, there you go. He was sleeping in Wales. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Right. So I, I think the problem here is... In with Citizen Kane, he did. They probably split the vote, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of these other films won instead of theirs because they were getting about half, and, and there was probably you know whatever the other movie that came out that year was getting about half. William Randolph Hearst was probably pushing everybody right, there, right? And or in two or three other avenues, and so that wound up kind of diluting the uh, the voting numbers of Citizen Kane. Absolutely. But and I've said this before, they need to release data on this. And you could have a you know 20-year hold on it or something like it's Okay, we'll release data from 20 years ago or 30 years ago or something. But to never release any of the data on right. how the voting shake, right. shook out, right. Right. I think that's non-transparent. Yeah. Yeah. But all that aside, what a huge fuck you that is to Orson Welles, who is a child cinema genius after Citizen mm. Kane. And it's like a year or two later, right? Yeah. And to like yank it away from him and bastardize it. They re-edited. They reshot the ending. It's, it's a fuck you. And it's I also surpri- think, and I'm not, I'm not defending their their stance because I think it was wrong to do that. But I think at the time, I think the problem is we are looking at cinema through the lens of a change that happened in the 1960s, 70s, really, 60s and 70s. It starts with um, uh, Easy Rider. Easy Rider, and there's this whole new shift where you've got these Artur directors who have a voice. It, it kind of accumulates with Jaws and, and Star Wars, where you've got this one auteur director who is the author who is trying to tell their story. But before that, films weren't really shot or released that way. It was the studio. It was like, okay, let's right. make this entertainment. Right. And it was really thought of as disposable. You know, just here, watch this, and then next year we'll put out something a little different, same stars. You know, it's almost like how right. we treat television. And it was just kind of disposable, or how television was almost treated through the 80s and 90s. You know, and more just, of a collaborative process. Right. And so I think now we look back and we go, 
oh, this auteur, how could they do that? Well, because that wasn't the attitude at the time. Right. The attitude right. at the time was, this is our film. It's yeah. a studio yeah. film. Yeah, filmmaking by committee. Right. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, I think the, the concept was, it's our money. You know, it's Warner Brothers money. It's Warner Brothers studio. We're, or whatever. We're not Warner Brothers. It could be Paramount or any of the studios, right? Universal, whatever. But this is our project. That's really interesting. Now it doesn't seem quite as so much of a dick move. Yeah. I get it now. It just seems like at a, a different lens, because, right. a different lens because of what the era was. And they're yeah. thinking, how are we going to get asses in the seats? Yeah. And they're looking at this. They're, they're not worried about Orson Welles. No. Right? They're a, not worried about his they're career. They're businessmen. They're right? businessmen. Because, again, I don't think that was really, that wasn't the concept at the time anyway. It was, no, you're under contract with us. You work for us. And if the studio thought they could make it better by snipping. Right. And, and they're going, d- well, then, how do we make the film right. better? And they, yeah, yeah. The problem, obviously, was that they are testing with a bunch of high schoolers. But maybe that, that's what they were trying to get to be the, the target audience. It just isn't the target audience for right. that movie. Right. That's really interesting what you said. Yeah. To look at it with the right lens about how things were then. And it wasn't that much of a fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Tolan would be proud of that. Mm. And Greg Tolan, of course, um, uh, edited didn't he Greg Tollett was the cinematographer mm. he was a cinematographer of both movies Susan uh, Kane yeah 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 he did a lot <coughs> oh did he yes he what did what else did he do he, met, he built a camera so he can get that depth of field and have all those special effects were done in the camera not in post that's crazy for an editor it's crazy that I knew that <laughs> crazy that a cinematographer okay yeah uh, alright yeah. yeah so that's the elements that are in the news. Okay. Hey, what'd you see this week? Hey, but first, Robert. Yep. We have a sponsor. Someone who's representing this particular segment. Yes, we do. Do tell. AVGearGuide.com. Oh. AVGearGuide.com has over 30 years of experience in the uh, the transferring of all of your non-digital media into digital media. This is all of your old uh, slides, photographs, uh, home movies, all of that stuff. You give it to AVGearGuide.com. He'll transfer it over for you. Send it up on the web. Send it out to your friends and family. He's go. great. We've worked with him a lot. As everyone knows, we're both clients of his. He did all of my slides. State-of-the-art equipment he's got and uh, extremely reasonably priced. Like him on Facebook. And um, and if you mention our podcast, he'll give you a 5% discount you from go. what's on his uh, website, avgearguy.com. Okay. I'm going to go first. This is going to be good. I can tell. Is it? I don't I get The way you... I could feel that you're, you're, oh. you're like... You're you're gnawing at the bit. Am I? You go first. <laughs> go ahead. No, you, you don't know no. me. No, go first. You don't. But I want you no, to. Go ahead. You go first. No, now I feel guilty. No, no. it's my Jewish guilt. You no. wanted to go first. No, I don't. Re- I insist. Oh, now he's throwing a hissy fit. Yeah, yeah. I scaled this it down. week. I saw. <laughs> go. Will you no, just you go? Go. Ahead. <laughs> what? I scaled down my list because, as you know, I came in here with 22 movies because mm-hmm. we did. But I'm only going to mention three or four. One is called the movie Lamb. And it's called that because of the little lamb following the girl to school, that nursery rhyme. This is a story about a 47-year-old male and 11-year-old girl. Mm. Now, it's a little bit provocative. Mm. In fact, it's fucking provocative. Mm. But I've got to tell you, was it titillating? Yes, but it was more than that. This was, it played in the festivals for quite a while. And it was a fascinating, compelling story of these two that were both needing something from the other person. Some of the reviews actually compared it to Leon the Professional. Mm. And, uh, and what, when, what year did this come out? Uh, I don't have the year written down, 
but uh, I can have the answer for you next week. Okay. And it was artfully done. What's it called? I, I got L- it right here. L-A-M-B. L-A-M-B. And uh, I, it was, it made me a little bit, because they do share a motel room together, these oh, two. This looks recent. Yeah. So it's it's a regarded film. Oh, it's not no. trash. It's not so. There are a lot of lambs, by the way. Make sure you're looking at the right one. There are four lamb movies. And this is the one with the age difference. When okay. a man meets a young girl in a parking lot, he attempts to help her avoid a bleak destiny by inviting her into the beauty of the outside world. Is that it? Yep. yep. They go camping together. And they both learn from each other. And it's a, it's a compelling, interesting, sensitive story. Do they fuck? Oh, oh yeah. No, they don't. Oh. I mean, there's... No, they don't. But for me, movie did what it was supposed to do. No, sorry. Okay. Hey, let's talk about Swiss Army Man. Did you watch it? <sighs> what the fuck? <laughs> Did you watch uh, the yes. whole thing? Okay. I started watching. I was 20 minutes in. And Robert, don't roll your eyes. But I was doing other things too. But I had it on. Mm-hmm. I found that there's... And um, so you love that film. And you... I don't know if strong, I would say I Yes, love you it. did. And you strongly uh, dislike Face Off. How can you hate face-off and love swiss army because men. i don't i i think face-off is trying to be serious i think there's a part of face that's, that's trying exactly to be what we said yes there's yeah. no part of swiss army man the guy fucking farts i mean it's meant to be ridiculous but i mean can you appreciate that the ending I, I, oh, he I, goes farting into the water, and that's where he lives. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had it on. I was I mean, I think what I, a quirky. I, the The premise of the movie. I think yes, I told yeah, you do this. tell. Go, go. The go. premise of the movie. It how they designed the movie was a movie that at the beginning there there would be a fart at the beginning that would make you laugh, and and there would be a fart at the end that would make you cry. Yes, yes, and it succeeded. And I think that succeeds. yes, yes. Daniel Radcliffe. And uh, what's his name? Dana. What's this guy's name? Um, uh, I'll uh, look it up. I can't remember. Paul D- Dano? Dano. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What an odd, quirky movie. And um, I found it, I was kind of drawn to it, even though I was doing other things while I was playing, but I couldn't wait to tell you that I actually watched, for the most part, <laughs> Swiss Army Man. Hey, I want to mention another one. Yeah. American Gigolo. I oh. never saw really? it. This is surprising. Yeah. Because it's all about a good-looking guy who the women pay him to fuck them. So I thought, well, this is an intro with Richard Gere. I have money shots from this movie. Oh? Uh, the inversion boots. Doesn't he hang upside down and like... Yes! And yeah, that's in my head. Yes! And then the part, he goes over to the yes. lady's it house. It had nothing to do with the story. Yeah. We just... Well, it did show. It showed that he was... It was character development. Yes, it was. What's your other one? When he goes over to the lady's house, there was like a, there's like a low, I think it's like one of the first times that he goes over to the. The first time. Yeah. 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 But you know what, Robert? I don't know what reviews it got. I don't know. And again, I hadn't seen it. I saw it for the first time a few nights ago. I thought it was tame. Uh, Yeah, I was, it was remarkably tame. It was a tame. I thought this was really going to be provocative and edgy. Arguably, Whiskey Business was more edgy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why was it? It was just kind of, uh, it I could have been. Just the term gigolo maybe threw some people off. But they could have gone the distance and they didn't. Yeah. They kind of played it in a safe vanilla way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And again, I didn't read any of the reviews, but I just remember saying, oh, yeah, it could have been better, more provocative. 
if you're gonna go with it, do it right. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this. Uh, okay, L- let's get into Richard Gear for a minute. There was when you okay, you've heard the rumor about Richard Gear, right? Gerbil. What's the rumor? The rumor is that a gerbil went up his ass. He had to go to um, the hospital, mm-hmm. Cedar Sinai, where they went in with forceps and removed it. Okay. Do you believe that actually happened? You know, this is the wonderful, it's incredible. I think, I'm assuming it didn't, and that so, says so much about urban, ur, urban, urban legends. legends. Urban legends are fascinating to me. So Fascinating about how they get how started. How does that stuff. get spread? And everyone says, oh, no, no, you don't know. My uncle's brother's cousin was the doctor who took it out of his butt. And everyone knows somebody who knows somebody. Right. Well, no, they don't. But they're convinced they do. My uncle's brother. That's your dad. <laughs> so my dad. Everyone co- knows somebody who. And if I was a betting man, I would suggest it's not true. Right. I. It's not. It's not true. Well, you don't know that for sure. Well, I. I wasn't. I have not had a, a, a camera on Richard Gere's asshole since the 1980s. But um, I got kind of obsessed with this story. <laughs> Because I was, I was fascinated. I think they were talking about it on the Adam Carolla show one time, and they were like, "How do these rumors just get like Danny Kay wanting to lay under a table and watch somebody?" Sh- You've heard about that rumor as well. No, you, you know what? It was, it was not Danny Kay. It was uh, Marlo Thomas's dad, Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas. Thomas right under the table. Right. A glass table, so people could shit on it and yeah. watch the shit come out. Right. Now that I believe, <laughs> uh, there might be more truth to that. Yeah. The the gerbil up the ass is just so. How do you fucking get there? How do you put a gerbil up somebody's well, ass? Done, done it, you know, well, I, I don't. I'm just asking rhetorically. Oh, I don't, I I don't actually need a step by step instruction. But I think um, so. I became kind of interested when they were talking about this, and I was like, "How does that permeate the culture?" Yes. And so I looked into it, and there is a reason of how this spread and why this spread. Well, I would think I'm going to interrupt you. That the first thought is that. He can have some gay-like tendencies, as a, as a, he's not the most macho guy in the world. There's something delicate and good-looking about him. So I would well, think it's that that's started- specific about right? the gerbil. I mean, it's a very specific story, and so because of that, I think we we have to. The story would only All right, how stick. Did it get started? The story would only stick, stick if we would believe that this is the kind of person who would do that, right? Like if if we said, uh, you know. Mother Teresa had a gerbil up her ass. Right. We would go, no. And doesn't he have a strong religious conviction where he goes and prays in mountains? He, he oh, yeah, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. does those things. So do tell. You know something about this, don't you? Yes. He got into a fight with a previous agent or manager, and they started the rumor. Are you serious right yeah. now? They started this rumor. and they Now, is like, that an urban legend? No. He gave interviews about it and was like, This person in like 1986 or whatever scorned him and they got into a big feud and he started this rumor and just kept spreading it and spreading it and spreading it, telling everybody that that's what it was. It all came from this one guy. And this before social media. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier to do today. But it's so outlandish and so wild that that's why it starts kind of spreading everywhere. He could sue for slander. I think... Oh, I'm sure... That's probably passed by now. But um, I think it would be hard to prove. You know, like it wasn't in a newspaper. It was right. just telling people. Right. And like, how do you sue for slander 
it's he knows where it came from. He knows who started it and how it happened. But I guess it was such an outlandish That's and yet really believable lie that yeah. it just started going. It caught on like wildfire. And I mean, you grew up in Los Angeles, but I grew up in Tennessee. Yeah. And, you, you know, were, I, it filtered to you in yeah. Tennessee. That's your yeah. point. Right. So like. Man, How the fuck does that just And again go? before social media. Yeah. That's what amazes me. Yeah. Just And it's not like any newspaper is going to be reporting yeah, on this. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah. It had to be shared verbally. How I else guess. do you share that How information? How else would have been shared then? Just verbally. I mean, you don't get a a, a pamphlet from I, the rumors of the day. Yeah, it, just, it was not in a newspaper, gerbil up his butt. No. Or on movies. I mean, it's it not like the done. news would cover his by mouth non-actual that's really up the interesting butt. yeah i'd love to have like a map of the of the united states and show the pattern mm. you don't uh, schematically oddly it's in the shape of a gerbil <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway there you that's go. really that's really yeah so i found the movie tame which i hey one last movie real fast i just want to tell you that i have we've, we've talked about kathy bates and i know she's a favorite. Oh yeah. I had on the background Tyler Perry's uh, "The Family That Stays Together." Are you mm. familiar with this movie? I haven't seen any of those movies. But she is in it, mm. and she's incredible. I have no doubt. And that's no. the part that made me watch the movie. That's the only element that made me glued to it. And I kept on watching her, her face, the way she would walk, the way she would talk, and Robert. She's an actress. Yeah. Not a, she's a star. She's a celebrity. You know what? Fuck that. She's an actress. You know, anyway, that's what I saw this week. Do you remember 1978's Straight Time? I never saw it, but I know of it. Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. Do you remember the premise of it? I mean, I know you didn't Do tell. See it. Do tell. So the premise was like he's fresh out of prison and he's trying to go straight. And there's all these like, situations that arise where he winds up getting sucked back into doing another job and he doesn't want to he's trying to go straight and he just can't kathy bates is in that 1978 with dustin hoffman that's how long she's been around and she i mean she's not thin she's kind of thick but she's she's not the kathy bates that you think of you're like oh my gosh that's kathy bates and she's really good in that movie this is 78 78. Wow. I mean, when did Misery come out? What about what year? Huh. No, 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 no. Maybe 90. I think it was 1990. Yeah. Yeah. She's mesmerizing. She's compelling. Yeah. And again, I wouldn't have watched the movie, but I just watched it for her scenes and talk about acting. I mean, she's, she's just being, she is that person. And, and why does Tyler Perry insist on putting his name above the title of the movie? He does that with all of his mm-hmm. movies. Tyler Perry's. Blah, blah, blah. I don't like that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was going to tell you, I want to re-release it as Robert Cannon's 30 Love. <laughs> I was going to do it with Ira Heffler's oh. 30 Love. Oh, so you want to do your cut? <laughs> and we'll have to go down to Brazil <laughs> to get the original footage. Please, I'd love to see your cut. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> it's just all you. It's my five seeds <laughs> and the loop. It's my five seats in a loop. That's it. That's it. 99 minutes of those five Please seats. cut the, that movie. I would love to see that cut. What did you see this week? Um, I saw two movies, and neither one are all that exciting to talk about, actually. So your your thought about me chomping at the bit is not true. Oh, oh. Um, the first one, I can't even – I can't remember the title. I could probably look it up, but I, I, I don't have it right in front of me. But it's a new documentary that came on – 
it came out to Netflix about black holes and it was uh, you might have seen some promotions for it but it basically tracked the group that had put together the image of the black hole that came out last year do you remember yes, this yes yes and it's pretty interesting like all of like, these people have been working on trying to get a picture of a black hole for about 20 years and in order to do it they have to um, they basically said at the beginning, they're like, in order to get this picture, you need a telescope about the size of Earth. And so we, we don't have that, but we do have multiple satellite or uh, multiple di- uh, satellite dishes that we can use as telescopes together to kind of put it to get close. Right? Triangulate. Yeah. Would they triangulate? But the it's image more it? than just triangulate. It's like hundreds of, of different telescopes that they're using all at the same time, like different different types of data. Right. So it's satellite dishes and telescopes and all of these things that are all working together in concert. And then once they get all this data back, now they need to start assembling it. And the problem is, I mean, this thing is so far away and they try to show you just exactly how far is it that we're talking about? And you're like, Oh my gosh. And it's like, I think 50, 52, 50 something million light years, light away. years. So at the speed of light. It and would it's take like, that long. Just that concept of we we toss that around like it no, means nothing. No. Like we can't wrap our brains around it. Right, it's true. We cannot wrap our brains around that. Fifty million light years away. If you travel the speed of light for fifty million years, that's 50 how long it would take. Fifty million years. That's, again, that's how long it would take. We can't wrap our heads around that. We can't. That's. I don't think we're built to comprehend that. No, it's just like that. That's so far. And they they think this is our best shot at getting a clear picture of, <laughs> of a, a black, black hole. So what it look like? So they they get all this data, but now the problem is how do you interpret the data? And the data is like, it is an image, but there's different ways that you can kind of process that image. And so what they decided to do is split the group up into two different teams. And they said, Team A and Team B. And Team A, you figure out how to process it. Team B, you figure out how to process it. And then when you're done, present your ideas, and we'll look at where there are commonalities, and that's what we're going to go with. And we'll try to figure out what makes most sense to process the data. And so they do it, and they found out that both groups, and neither group knew what the other one was doing. It was, they were very strict of, like, you do not communicate. Hmm. We don't want you even subconsciously, um, you know, trying to taint the other side of like how they should go at it. So when they finally got together, they reveal like, here's our process. And they were actually quite similar. And they said, this is good news. Really? It means that is good. That we're on the right track. Yes. Yes. And then they have this big convention, Event Horizons, uh, you know, convention where they're trying to figure out how do we present our findings to the rest of the public? Like it's hundreds of people that are all working on this team together and they have to figure out like, how do we how do we display this? Which image do we give out? Because there's several different kind of versions of this, and they finally kind of settled on this is the image that we're going to present. And they finally released it, and it just went everywhere. Everyone was like, "This is a black hole," and like that was, I mean, so much work went into that. Do you remember this happening? Last I do, year? but what did it look like? It, I mean, is it a black for our our purposes? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like an orange blob, you yeah. know. And you're kind of like, well, that's it. But oh my gosh, look at what you're talking about. Like it's I think everyone kind of wants to say that's it, that's all. But you're photographing something that's 52 million light yeah. years away. So be impressed. Like that's fucking incredible that we've right. got a picture of that. Anyway, that was pretty interesting. If you could go through a black hole and live, survive, mm. would you do it? Yeah. 
but sure. you might not see your family ever again. Oh, there's that. <laughs> I didn't understand the context. Well, they actually are talking about that. They're talking about that in the documentary that they're the idea that you would. Have you, have you ever heard of spaghettification? Is that like the, the little worms, the wor- earth, the worms that no. you go through? Spaghetti no, wormholes. Wormholes, yeah. yeah. No. no, spaghettification is what happens to you as you are getting close to something with that much mass. And basically... What happens to you physically? Yes. So let's imagine you're... Let's imagine you're in a spaceship. Not even a spaceship. Let's just imagine you're floating in space. You get your helmet on and everything else, and you're floating towards this black hole. I would get, like, spaghetti. Yes. I would get thin the, and the, thin. You, the, the molecules on your nose are closer to the black hole than the molecule, oh, molecules on your butt. Yes. And so as the, as the gravity increases, those molecules are going to be pulled faster and faster because they're closer. And so the molecules on the back of your, you know, on your backside, that's all going to be not as affected by the gravity. So you're going to be stretched. And so you keep getting stretched and stretched and stretched until you basically become a spaghetti noodle. You become like a, a long string of molecules. Will I still have essence of myself? Will I know? Well, we don't know. Will my brain? But the thinking is no. You'd be ripped apart and dead long before you ever got there. Um, But then other people are looking at possible proof that you could get sucked in and that you can even go back and and detect what has been sucked into a black hole and figure out what are like every change that's happened to this black hole over time. Right, you could unwind all that math and figure out what must have gone into this black hole in order to get it into this shape. And they're studying like whirlpools and things like that, and trying to study shapes. And basically, there are these echoes of what has happened there, and um, it's kind of interesting. Wow. Yeah. So wait, this was a documentary. Yes. What, and a documentary about the photograph. Yeah. And how they. It was called it. Surfing USA. It was great. <laughs> what was it called? I think it was called Black Holes. Black or something holes. Like yeah. That. What else? You said you saw two things, right? Okay. This is what a... This uh, is going to be good. Uh, this is going to be good. I, we Okay, I've had a stressful week. We needed something that was just very light. Did you see The Wizard of Oz again? No. We needed something very light and easy. And we wanted something that was friendly to our daughter. And my wife said, why don't we watch something with Dana Carvey? And I said, well can always watch Opportunity Knox. I like that movie. That was a pretty funny movie. I know some people don't like it, but I, you know, I think I grew up in the right time for that movie. And, it, and she was like, well, we watched that not too long ago. And I said, well, there was always Clean Slate where he kept losing his memory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. like it as much. It's good. You know, there's obviously the, the uh, Wayne's World movies. And then as a joke, I said, well, there's always Master of Disguise. <laughs> and she goes, oh, let's watch Master of Disguise. Oh, oh. Have Should you have seen been. Master no, of Disguise? I never, I never heard of it. Okay. Dana Carvey movie? Master yes. This is also, this is produced by Adam Sandler. So it's an Adam Sandler, Dana Carvey movie. And it's bad. But I like it. <laughs> I love Dana Carvey. The guy can do no wrong in my book. And it's a bad movie. It, the runtime on it is like an hour and 20 minutes. And a big chunk of that is a protracted long opening credit sequence. And then a really long like credit sequence at the end where they're doing all these outtakes and gags and stuff. So like, you know what my, it's barely an hour is what I'm saying. My dad said any movie that in the closing credits, they show you the outtakes. 
means that they've got a weak movie on their hands and they know it. And they're trying to justify it. Yeah. Add some humor at the very end because it's not as hold up on its own. I don't I think remember he's my wrong dad said that case. to me. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. And I think you would have hated this movie. Really? Yeah, I think so. Hate is such a strong word. I think you would. What's have the premise? Hated. What's the premise? The premise is he comes from a long line. Of, it's a kid's movie, right? He's making it for like eight year old kids. He comes from a long line of dis- disguise. People who, uh, like, his whole family knows how to disguise themselves very well. And they were, like, super spies and things like that. But his father um, thought it was too dangerous. And so he didn't want to train Pistachio Disguise. I think that's his character's name. He doesn't want his son, Dana Carvey, to know how to disguise himself. Well, his parents get kidnapped. And so his grandfather comes in and finally trains Dana Carvey's character to become this master of disguise who can help him find his parents. It's a mess. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a mess in a bunch of different ways. Um, There's, you can tell in the closing sequence that there's all of these outtakes from scenes that weren't in the movie. And you're like, what is this? This, this wasn't even in the movie, but it was, it clear didn't make sense, you know, in the context of the movie, but they were, they had so much fun making it. They're like, let's just throw this in. What year was this about? About ninety nine. Yeah. All right. But there are a couple funny scenes in the movie. There's a couple of like legitimately funny things that happen, but I think most people are just like, "Ugh, this is like the one." Doesn't compare to Swiss Army Man, does it? Swiss Army Man is good. No. All right. Let's move on. Yes. Stowaway and Robert talk us through it. Stowaway is a movie starring Anna Kendrick, Tony Collette. Good to see her back in yeah, things, I know. and uh, Daniel Day Kim. And then got a fourth person here, Shamir Anderson. And uh, so Shamir Anderson is the Stowaway. So this is a movie that centers on three astronauts who are going to Mars, and they find uh, on their way that there was accidentally someone who had stowed away in the ship. Now they got a problem because they don't have enough oxygen to. Um, to make the trip that far. They just don't have enough resources. And so if they can make it to Mars, there would be resources that were sent ahead of them and they could they could survive there. But how do they how do they survive the trip to Mars? It's going to be a couple years before they get there. And they don't have enough fuel to turn around. They can't go back. Right, right. That's it. Good summary. Great. Yeah. So anyway, next time, folks. <laughs> what do you think? Premise one. Mm. I love science fiction. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, you know how I feel about the original Time Machine, that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you liked For, it. Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Destination Moon. Point number two. Stowaway. <laughs> Point number two. I love Anna Kendrick. You know that. Our listeners know that. Yeah. I have a thing for her. Uh-huh. Wow. Anna Kendrick in a sci-fi movie? What can get better than that? Mm-hmm. I fucking hated this movie. Mm-hmm. I truly did not like this Hate movie. Hate is such a strong Hate word. Is, you're right, you're right. I thought it was a misguided mess. I really, I can't wait to get into this with you. All right, that's my umbrella opening statement. Do we concur? I did not like this movie. Um, I disliked it more than you, I yes, think is what I'm hearing. But here's the thing. I think you have to take that with a grain of salt. Because as I've said on this podcast, how often do I say I, I don't like movies? It's not very often. Almost always, it's like, well, there's this thing that's redeemable. The only movie that I think we've talked about that we've reviewed on the show <laughs> that I was like, ugh, was Isle of Dogs. Yeah. I really did not like that. But even, I mean, the, the ones that you thought were real stinkers, 
I, I was like, well, there's something here. The I one mean, about the Pope. Yeah. yeah, yeah the Pope. I mean, I did and, not enjoy that. Yeah. I would never watch it again. Connections. Connections. Yeah, I was definitely down on too. the bottom of the yeah. list. But I wouldn't say I, I hated it. And I think this well, is... Hate is a strong word. I know. But I... It was a major I, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hated it. I did. I did. I just... I'm... I'm not much above where not you're much at. above just a little bit more yeah I I guess what I was here's okay they did a couple things that I thought oh that's kind of interesting but this movie was a misguided mess it was <laughs> not well put together what was interesting I thought it was interesting that the stowaway did not have a secret it he was not but that's what was missing in this right. So it was interesting, That's why it was interesting, but it was interesting because they chose. I was so sure that NAC three, oh, it was all done intentionally to get and to fuck up the mission or something. Yeah, like he had some sort of he had an agenda. Motive. Yeah, but and, there was no agenda. And I don't even think the the title stowaway is You're correct. Great. You're reading. Are you looking at my notes again? No. I mean, he wasn't a stowaway. You're great. You're great. I I the way that I took it was he accidentally ended up on the ship. You know me. And I get quite anal compulsive. On, I do spin on certain things. And I thought the definition of the word stowaway, and I did, I did look it up. And as you well know, this is what you're alluding, alluding to. It is about hiding for free passage, secretly getting on board uh, purposefully with the intention to do it. It's done. It's not by accident. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. A stowaway is not by accident. And, um, but this one was. It's the wrong title. The title is incorrect. It's not accurate. He was not a stowaway. I think they should just call it Anna Kendrick space movie. <laughs> there definitely was some logical I, points. Of oh. like, why are you doing this? I would. We should have brought in Dwayne Vinchella for this because he'd I'm go, sure he'd, he'd he'd rip a vessel, I a blood know. vessel. He would have screamed into this microphone. Yeah. Of how when they're doing, we this, should say he's a scientist who's been on our show a couple of times. Right. Right. So he, including he the movie NASA, Life, which right. I really liked Life yeah. a lot. Go ahead. When they are doing the spacewalk, and I know you have feelings about spacewalks. Tired of these movies with long spacewalks. When they're doing the spacewalk, and they're not tied into anything, they're just... There's no tether. There's a rope between the two of them? Right, right, but they're not tethered to the ship, is that correct? What the fuck are you talking about? You're not going to clip into that? You don't think they have like a a C-clamp or something? All All you have to do... Look, look, watch me for a second. All you've got to do is loop, like you, you've got a, a string with a clamp on the end, right? Yeah, well. Loop it around that cable, clip, take the other end, clip it to you. That's it. Now, the viewers, listeners may not be able to see me doing that, but. No. Uh, what if they fall off? Yeah. Can I back up a little bit? Yeah. I've got to do this with you. And I actually stopped. We're not really explaining the part we're of not, the movie. For we're the not. Space we're skipping that. But that, okay. Um, how did it become a stowaway? I thought I missed something. I actually stopped the movie and went back 10 minutes. Mm. I thought there's something. What was he doing? He was like, uh, what was he doing? An engineer? Yeah. And something. he got stuck in there. And and then he ends up in the, like this, the panel in the ceiling and falls down on them. And Why the so fuck is he doing, in the ceiling? And so doing, he ruins the oxygen system. He fucks it up. And I thought, well, how did he become a stowaway? How, How does I, he get I, in the ceiling? Yes, yes, and he like got unconscious or knocked out. It's so. I, I didn't rewind, not, but I thought I missed something. Yes, as well. I, I stopped. Like, I went back ten minutes thinking, all right, I missed the explanation. There was no explanation. 
There was no explanation. There, I think there was an explanation, but it didn't it make was, sense. It was horrible. It was it so was quick. Two and, sentences. Yeah. It was two sentences that were goofy. That was a scotch-taped explanation yeah. just to get through it. But, but okay, we, sh- we should mention. Okay, Let me just okay, clarify something. So they are running out of oxygen, and they're like, well, we can't do anything about it. And they're waiting like days and days to try to decide whether or not to, I don't know, put them out the airlock or something, just kind of boot them off the ship. And then they finally get this idea of that there might be liquid oxygen that they could refill their containers with on the booster. Now, they came up with this idea real early on. They said, nah, the boosters are pretty much out of fuel. And then later, That's like they, they get they more and more desperate, and they're like, we should go check. <laughs> Why not fucking Why go they... check to begin with? Well, then the movie would have been 47 minutes shorter. Right. <laughs> right. And instead of saying, well, I mean, they were trying to train him originally to go out and do the, the spacewalk. And... You know, I can almost understand, be like, hey, you're going to have to go do this spacewalk. And if you die, that's it. Like, you, you're the stowaway. You got you you to be the one. Yeah, you yeah. deserve death anyway. We I, don't I guess, you right? Know. I mean, and none of this stuff made sense. None of it made sense. How did he become a stowaway? That was my issue. And you've heard me vent on this before, but there have now been three science fiction movies. You know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Stowaway, Midnight Sky mm-hmm. was a major disappointment. And... Ad Astra? Mm-hmm. Is that, remember that? Uh, yeah, Astra. I think Astra. all three of these movies had long spacewalk sequences and it was just lingering shots and there was. Ad Astra had a couple of moments. Like it the, did the have chase a on of, the moon was really yeah. cool. Oh, remember that was that? nifty. The pirates. Yeah. The pirates and their little rover that mobiles. That was pretty cool. That was fucking, that's the best scene in the movie. Right, right. Yeah, but it was goofy and, when well, he sees his and father. And the fall when he's falling in Agreed. the opening. That was These are good cool. shots. These are good shots. But talking about the movie as a whole, it's yeah. really forgettable stuff. What a major disappointment this was. It, so it, when they go... Okay. the and, and... Yeah. They have backups. All these ships would have a backup of some kind. If there yes. was an ox, there'd be a backup. Yes, yes, yes. And I was reading articles after I saw the movie, and they said there'd be four or five backups yeah. for emergency oxygen. Yeah. And not just one backup. There's like five. Yeah. Just in case. No, there's just one. Just Can one. Can you imagine the huge expense going to Mars, a two-year? There's just the one with no emergency backup? No. Yeah. Articles I read said they've got up to four and five emergency backups. Let's sense. suppose for a minute that it, that their oxygen whatever manufacturer does break, and they say we can't fix it; it's impossible to fix. When that, when Apollo thirteen had problems, look what they did. They were they had a team of people on the ground going. Here's the materials that they have to work with. How can we figure this out? And they're doing it with duct tape. I know, I know, I know. You don't think they're going to cobble together something to go, no. it's not going to work well, but it will sort of kind of work and it will get you to Mars. Yeah. yeah. That's a great example about Apollo 13. That Yankee ingenuity. Right. You figure it out, man, with, with scotch tape and duct tape, whatever it takes, but you figure it out. I think it's, it's one of these things of like, we will suspend our disbelief once. You might get lucky and get twice, but when you keep asking us to continually... Well, the whole movie was one suspension of a right. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're allowed to get away with it once or twice if it's really good movie. Right. Absolutely. If you're on board. I mean, look, you're on go board, back to Swiss Army Man, right? Yeah. So if you, I we bought, are willing to suspend our disbelief... Did, and I did, yes. ...for this one thing of yeah. like, okay, there's a character, and we're going to suspend our disbelief about this character. Yeah. 
right? The suspension of disbelief is that there is a dead man who can fart and belch and do these disgusting yeah. magical powers. But if you can get past that one suspension Absolutely. of disbelief, everything else makes sense within the context of the movie. Roger Rabbit. Look, we the suspension of disbelief is that humans and cartoons interact. But if you suspend that disbelief, we buy the rest of the movie. Right, right. There this are like was, six this, or seven. This was a two-hour suspension. Of right, movie. a two-hour movie. That spacewalk. <laughs> I've always you've heard me on other movies talking right. about this long. What purpose does it? serve? Well, here there was a purpose. The purpose was, was to so. get to the the boosters on the other side of the. Okay, so when they extend those cables, what they're doing is that it's centrifugal force. They're trying to get gravity, right? So they're spinning in space, essentially. Right. You have a way to retract that, right? You have a way to expand. Because otherwise, if you couldn't retract, if you couldn't... Uh, it's like when a figure skater holds their hands out. You know, when they pull their hands I know, in, they start that's spinning they faster. Spin. Yeah, right. If you, if you couldn't retract that, how, how would you land on Mars? And so they should be able to retract it, get the fuel out, and then extend it again. Whatever they did to extend the cables. Right. What? That, that, first of all, that makes no sense that they would have to go, they would have to do the spacewalk. But let's suppose for a minute that, I mean, that was never explained. <laughs> you know what? You hate it as much as I did. Go ahead. I did not like this movie. <laughs> I, I want to be very clear. <laughs> it's just one notch above hating. But there was... They also, okay, they do this stupid spacewalk. They, they have to go from, like, where they're at to the boosters that are on the other side of this huge thing that's, like, stretched out, these cables. And they don't tie themselves into the cables, which drives me fucking bonkers. They tie a rope to each other, but what happens if you both slip off? You're right. just floating in space forever. Right. Goodbye. Right. They get all the way to the other side. They have to do this rappel down the side of the the booster which doesn't make sense that's not how the gravity would be it would be flinging her out away you wouldn't repel down the booster which is fucking silly but okay they do this this thing right and then she gets into where the the booster stuff is she creates a a bad seal on the on the the engine it turns out there's all this extra oxygen right that's in this booster, right? And so she starts filling up the tanks and then a solar storm comes and they got to get the, got to get back real quick. And so instead of saying, all right, we're going to fill this one up and then go, because apparently the solar storm is just right on top right. of them, right? It's no early warning or anything like that. No one, no one from earth that says, Hey, this solar storm just hit us. You should be aware that it's coming your way. Uh, you know, send it out in a radio signal that might surpass the speed of the solar storm. They just have to wait for it. It's like 20 minutes away. I was like, what are you talking about? So anyway, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. The, she had to get back in the ship. She has, they have to go, get back, in the ship have to go fast, back real fast, real quickly. Without getting what she needed. But here's convenient. The, the idiotic part that bothered me most. How did they get the tanks over to the booster side of this spacecraft? They had them on their backs, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The tanks had to get over there for them to fill them up. Would you agree with that? Yes. So they had them either like strapped to them. I think they had them on her back. She was like a backpack kind of thing. They fill them up with oxygen. And now she ties this little like loose knot around the tank. 
and then goes back. Why wouldn't you fucking put it back on your back? Hmm. Why wouldn't you say, this is it. If we, if we lose this, we all die. You're just going to be like, oh, I got it with a string. You know, whatever. I'll just kind of twirl it around like it's my keys at the end of a, a keychain or something. No, this is like this is your literally your lifeline to, to not die, and you're just so casual about it. I wasn't quite on that level. I was just wondering what it would be like to fuck Anna while she's wearing a spacesuit. It's probably better thought, <laughs> which is a better movie, I think. <laughs> Hey, you know, in spite of all these flaws, and there were so many of them going back to how that guy became a, quote, stowaway, even though he wasn't a stowaway, so many flaws that, but my main issue was that I felt no emotional connection to the characters. Yeah, me too. Did not care. Why didn't I, we, feel any? I didn't care. I really was not. I used to get real connected, as we're supposed to. I didn't feel connection. None of them were behaving in a way that I felt was heroic none of them were behaving in a way that i felt was realistic um none of them i like tony collette a lot i do too I, she was in that quirky movie we talked about six cents yeah i know it was really quirky no that was <laughs> what's that other one was that the one that weird movie where the climax was in the high school gym where they started dancing oh yeah yeah, yeah. was she in that one was she am i wrong am i wrong on that was that tony collette she, I mean, that I was th- Charlie she, Kaufman that wrote that. I yes, can't remember yes. The name of that. But okay, she yeah. was in other quirky. Yeah. And I think she's quite terrific. Oh, she was. She was the mom. You're she right. was yeah, the yeah, mom. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Of all the four characters, for some reason, that her role resonated to me more than the other three. It just, but I didn't. Let's let's imagine. I didn't, I didn't care. Let's didn't imagine care. that you're in charge of a company that's going to send people to Mars, right? Yeah, first thing I'd have is five oxygen backups. No, 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 you're trying to cost save, right? But it's a mission to your mission. Don't you think we should have at least one spare just in no, case? No, no, just one will do oh, it. Can't we just like have a little bit of an emergency box just in case? No, we're saving is, money, Ira. We're saving money, but all this expense now, to go there. I think we should well, play smart. Well, the ship was have, built for two people. I know. Well, who knows? And Maybe we're going to put three on. Yeah, who knows? It might be a stowaway or something. You never know. Well, that, that <laughs> totally makes sense. So we're going to put... Three people on a ship that was built for two, yet still, I mean, it seemed fairly large, but uh, okay, whatever. I mean, keep in mind that, I guess they're going for like, like what, two years or two months or however long they're like floating around up there. Oh, How what? long were they going to Mars? How long? Oh, how was the, long was the mission going to take? That's a good question. Was it two years? Wait, it was a two year? No, was they're going to be away for two years. Wait, or was it taking two years to get there? Anyway. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If you're in uh, the company that's in charge of it and you pick the captain of the ship, would you pick someone who, when faced with a challenge like this, is going to break down and start crying? Right, right. I think this does more to harm women's Public liberation. and liberation, right. It's, right. it's a bad light. That's this really does interesting. not paint women in a positive light yeah, at all. Yeah. And I know they think that they're doing well. Like you're you're trying to show women in a leadership role, but what you're really showing is women in a leadership role who fail. Right. And that's arguably even worse. Right? It's better to not show that. You're talking about Tony Collette. Yeah. Um what did her course, character do that was know, heroic? Nothing in particular. Anna did. She did. She sacrificed herself. She sacrificed Oh, spoiler alert. She sacrificed herself for the good of the crew. Because the captain didn't do it. So there's that. 
It was a long movie. It was yeah. laborious. Yeah. I felt no emotional connection. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, there's that. <sighs> well. Money shots? Money shots. You know, I like my money shot. Hmm. And you've often heard me say this, that by definition, money shots often are at the end of yeah. a movie. That's the emotional wowie zowie. Mine's at the very beginning. No? My money shot is the actual launch. Yeah. The takeoff. That's one and one I love that moment. I thought this is going to be a good movie. And we should explain to our listeners that we're instead we're in the capsule, tight shots on the uh, on the astronauts, on the three of them, and it l- reminds us that a launch is is to the bones shakes you up. It's not a beautiful journey that it's pretty nasty. And they were being shook and vibrating. And it's hard to get through to, until you reach orbit. And I'm assuming that was realistic, that it really is that way. And I like that beginning a lot, where we saw all three of them as the launch, as the ship was ascending. And I thought that was realistic. And I was being set up for what I thought was going to be a really nifty movie. That was, I would agree. That was my favorite scene in the movie. And my uh, mine is that and the spacewalk. Well, uh, just because it bothers the shit out of me. <laughs> so that's your money shot for the yeah. ro- quote wrong reasons. It yeah. bothers the shit out of you. Right, right, agreed. I like the beginning with their faces. That, yeah, it's not pretty that a launch hurts. It hurts you mm-hmm. to be launched. And I, I thought that was really well done. Man, yeah, yeah. Is it anti wave? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't care. I think we've said this before about other movies. We did once There's before. There's been a few movies that we've said, I, just don't, I care. don't care. We did do this a few months ago with a movie. And uh, I guess if I had to give a critique, that obviously uh, death at the end of our hero. Mm. And she d- that's an anti-wave. Mm. I'm trying really hard here. Yeah. And I suppose that's it. Then and The fact that he wasn't actually a stowaway, that he that didn't was, have any that, evil And you secret. found that interesting yeah. for the wrong reasons. You're using the word interesting, which is usually a positive, yeah. but you're taking the word interesting as a negative. Well, I, no, I, I like You actually like the fact that he, I, I thought it was refreshing. I'm going, Hey, he could be, what yeah, if he I know, legitimately was? I know, but I wanted there to be a hidden Here's agenda. What what, it's the same problem I've said with zombie movies. They have enough problems without introducing forced ones. The problem is they have no oxygen. Let's solve that problem. Let's try to cooperate. There might be a little bit of tension, and there was, but it was kind of like, look, somebody's going to die here. We really need to figure this out. And so they talk about it, and they try to discuss in a reasonable way, and let's try to solve the problem. And I like that. I just thought the execution on this was perfect. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So for any wave question, I got to tell you that other than uh, hero's death at the end, then I wrote down, I don't care if it's. I wrote that down. I yeah. don't care. I'm just. What, what, what it feels think? far more Hollywood than non-Hollywood. There's yes. Some. Well, look who's in it. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. There's something about it that just feels Hollywood. Uh, but I do think that you're right. I mean. Usually in anti-wave or anti anti-hero movies, you know, when you start studying structuralism, you start studying westerns and things like that. You'll you'll note that the outsider to society cannot rejoin society. Um, the classic example of this is Shane. You know, in, in Shane, you you know the movie Shane, right? The western. I, I never saw it, but go ahead. But you know of I, the movie, right? Of course, right? I do. Of course, Shane. So as he's riding off into the sunset. The, you know, the kid's calling after him, Shane, come back, Shane, come back. And that's how the movie ends. Is the kid is trying to get Shane, his hero, to come back and kind of rejoin society. And it's like, no, nah, he can't. And 
the question is whether or not Shane even lives, right? So we see Shane riding. He's been shot, and he's riding his horse, and he kind of slumps down a little bit. Oh, he does slump down. You can't tell if he's if that's just kind of the way he's yeah, sitting yeah, yeah, or if yeah. he's dead. Yeah, and it's done in a very um, non non clear way. Here in this movie, there's no reason why her character could have not rejoined society, right? There's no. She was not an anti-hero. You're right. Um, she was. She was just kind of a worker bee who wound up doing something sacrificial. And that's kind of interesting to me. I mean, because it's not the typical... Uh, she doesn't do anything bad. If anything, she's just... She's good. She cares for people, and she's trying to protect them. She's You're talking about Anna. Yeah. She was the ship's doctor. Yeah. That's that what so She cares for people. Yeah. Yeah. Like a doctor would. Like a doctor would. So. Uh, are you going to give it a number? I, I don't have a number. A four. Okay, fine. <laughs> Fine. Don't, I don't care. Don't see this movie. Don't, don't waste see this time. movie. Yeah. 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 All right. Who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, we must have following people that had turned to dust. We lost the following uh, people in the entertainment industry the last seven days, including Joe Lara, 58-year-old American actor. He did quite a bit of TV. He died in a plane crash, by the way. He was an American cyborg, steel warrior, and uh, he was in a Tarzan movie. He's dead. I didn't know that De- Gavin McLeod, he died. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, 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 from Love Boat. I didn't know he died. 90-year-old American actor, Love Boat, Mary Tyler Moore Show. He was also in Mikhail's Navy, and I thought, how can I justify him? How can I? This is a show about movies, and sure enough, he got a start in films in 1957. He starred in The Sword of Alibaba. He went on to be in other movies, A Man Called Gannon, uh, The Thousand Plane Raid, and uh, and Kelly's Heroes. So he did do movies. We lost Arlene Golanka, 85-year-old American actress, a lot of TV, including Mayberry RFD. She was in Hang 'em High. Oh, yeah. that was a good movie. I know. That was with uh, Jack Nicholson, wasn't it? No, wait, I'm thinking. No, no, no. What's that one called? You got those two movies mixed up south, once before. Going South or yeah. something like that? No, it's Clint Eastwood. Yeah. This is Clint Eastwood. I always yeah. get them confused. I did something unique for our Coroner's Corner Silver Spotlight Award. It's not going to go to Gene Hackman, and it's not going to go to Betty White. It's not going to go Dick Van Dyke, nor Pepe Le Pew. It's going to somebody who we don't associate with movies, but his song that he sang was a powerful element to a movie that we all loved. B.J. Thomas died. 78 years old American singer who sang Rain Calling on My what? Head. What? I'm sorry. I was, trying, I was trying to be your background music yeah. while oh, you were doing it. We can it. harmonize? Oh, you're going to do that while I talk. Yeah. Let's try that again. Okay. We didn't lose Pepe Le Pew. No, no, okay, okay. But we did lose B.J. Thomas. B.J. Thomas. Yeah. This is where you're supposed to softly what? do raindrops. Oh, okay. Shh. No, what are you doing? I was doing raindrops. No, oh, softly. no, the song. Shh. Raindrops keep falling on my... Ira, I'm doing the no, background. No, but you're not... He wrote... Just let uh, me do it. Hey, won't you play? He did uh, Somebody Done Somebody Wrong, Hooked on a Feeling. No, he went, I know, five-time no. Grammy winner. And I just want to say, for Butch Cassidy, and by the way, that was uh, written by, uh, what's her name's, um, you know, Burt Backrack. Yeah. What's her name's, you know, <laughs> Burt Backrack. <laughs> Win the Academy Award. It did win the Academy Award for Best Original Song that year. And, uh, yeah, Burt Backrack and Hal David, they wrote it together, and, uh, and he died. How does anybody listen to this show? Because we speak in what? fragments of an idea. Well, I was doing, yeah, I did fragment it. But people got the gist. 
that I thought I'd play a little different and give him the Silver Spotlight Award because that was such a beautiful movie moment in Butch Cassidy. Remember Paul Newman on the bike and that last scene where he's like tipping the hat as he's riding and he's like, yeah. isn't he like hoisted up on it? I think yeah. on the bar. So and it he's was, riding it and then the Bolivian army is outside. Well, that's and he's another like, scene. That, that's no, the same scene. It is. Yeah. No, I think that scene ends where he actually falls off, doesn't he? And then we off, see the wheel over the over. waterfall, right? <laughs> and. You know, that was shot two separate days where they run and then the actual leap was not done. Yeah, okay, that was done. I saw it. How oh, they didn't actually edited. do it? You knew that. Yes, okay. But I want to say that I think the last thing of that song was showing the wheel and the spokes rotating when you know, it falls. What, what we just, just, everything we just said, the bicycle, the jump, and yeah. the shootout, that's all I remember from that movie. Those are the only things I remember. Yeah. Well, the I remember liking scene. it. Oh, yeah. Very likable, in part because of B.J. Thomas, who died. We should watch that movie. I would like that. Hmm? Let's put that in our vault. Okay. Hey, birthdays, celebrity birthdays, the yin and yang in life. I just have two. Mark Wahlberg, 50, and Bruce Stern, 85 years old. 85 years old. Bruce Stern. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, look at look his, yeah. Yeah, he's married to it. Look at Laura. There's a nice Instagram. Laura's my friend on Instagram. There's a picture of Laura and Bruce celebrating his birthday. Uh. He's 85. He's aged. Yeah, 85 years. <laughs> There you have it. Congratulations, Bruce Stern, yes. on uh, on turning eighty five. All right, Ira, I we have a game. We do have a game. We have a game. Now I got to I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I got to be real. This was the game for last week. Oh, you are being real. I'm, I'm being kind of like you. real and unreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to be mm. very real with you. It is real or unreal. Yeah, it's and it. so we're going to play oh, last week's. Definitely. Real unreal. Producer Joey gave it to me. I just didn't have time. What happened? To pull yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I made a, a call. We have a little bit of time on this show, but we got to do it kind of fast because yeah, I don't want do. this thing to stretch out. Can't that wait long. to get to the top five. All okay. Right, so it, it is secret base because remember last week we did. Uh, uh, what was the movie last week? Last. Oh, what's I the know. But we said this even last. No, week. I know the twins. The wait, oh, I know the movie. Yeah, I just okay. can't remember the title. Oh yeah, it's a bad title. What'd you uh, do? Tell to me who I am. Oh yeah. Is it tell me who I am? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Okay. We said that was a. Bad title. It's it's an it's, forgettable it's, title. Yes, not bad, but forgettable. Yeah. So anyway, this is real or unreal. So producer Joey has come up with um, five or six movies here, and we have to decide: is this real or is it unreal? Does this movie actually exist or does it not? Best part I like about this game is mm-hmm. you and me ganging up on your wife, gang banging my wife. Here we go. <laughs> A complicated past. A man discovers his family were Nazis. After looking in the attic for a family heirloom to give his Jewish friend a complicated past. That's really good. That's And obviously it's being tied in with the theme of last week's movie about right. your past and stories. Right. Okay, Baba. I like the premise a lot. Mm. It seemed, the title, A Complicated Past. Mm. But I like the synopsis a lot. And I know your wife. You're going to go no. You're going to go mm. You're going to say it's not real. Hmm. Complicated past. Normally, I would say real, hmm. but I'm playing the opposite for some. I think she made it up. I think it's unreal. Why would you say real? I don't know. Hmm. Well, why would I say real? Real. Because it's. it's I find it intriguing, hmm. and it could be very well be a feature film. I say unreal. You are saying unreal. I don't think it's real. You think she... All right. And it is fiction. We did it. Yeah, unreal. Ah, ha, ha. One to nothing. One to nothing. Yeah, producer Joey. This that's a good premise, huh? It really is. Yeah. The celebration. 
A man's sexual habits are shared on his 60th birthday. Boy, she did some really good ones telling you. Wait a second. That's written so short. That's got to be real. A man's sexual habit. I think producer Joey would have written more. She would have gotten into more detail. She wouldn't have kept it that vague. A man's sexual habits are shared on his... She would have embellished. Wait, is, she would have... But I don't... I think this is the Lars Van Trier movie. I think this movie is real. Really? Uh, I I, don't you Google it. I think I've seen it. No, I'm not Googling it. Oh, okay. It. I think I've seen this movie. A celebration? Yeah. His sexual habits on his 70th birth, 60th birthday? Yeah. Should be on his 75th birthday. Are you going to go real with me? I'm going to go real with you right now. Okay. Okay, the answer is... This movie is... Real. Yep. Two to nothing. Thomas Vinterberg. That's what it was. Did you see the movie? I, I did see you, this movie. You knew yeah. of it? But yeah. Okay. Scores. I was confusing with Lars von Trier. Mm. I, think it, I think this was a dogma. A do, I think this is a dogma movie. I definitely saw it. I'm not going to find out if that, was, if that had connection to... Will you find that out? Will you put that on your list? I don't even know the question. No. I want to find out if it was a, a Dogma 95 movie of um, of the celebration. Do you know about this, like the Dogma? Okay. Lars von Trier is a filmmaker who put out, supposedly the way I had heard it, he went to a bar one night with a friend of his and they made a list of like these 10 rules for a new type of filmmaking. And the filmmaking was like, it has to be fit all of these things. So it fits all these things and it's a Dogma 95 film. But then most movies never actually did all 10 of those tenets. They would do like nine of them or right. something like that. But they would still call themselves dogma movies. And one of them was natural light. You cannot bring in any artificial lighting. So it has to be when you're, you have to shoot on location. That's one of the rules. And then another rule is you can't bring in any artificial lights. The lights have to be where they are in the setting that you went to. It's so, an American uh, film? No, no, no. He's what, what Danish? Or Go ahead. But he... Uh, so he put this out and a lot of people would make movies according to that kind of structure. Criteria, right. And as a result, the films were shot very low budget and they were shot with camcorders and things like that at the time. And those camcorders did not have good uh, dark... They have a very unique look to them. They're very kind of just very gritty and like what's the dirty looking mm-hmm. you know because they it was so grainy grainy and just ugly looking and they, it wasn't well lit and um and so they all have kind of a similar feel to them right so the question is was that part is of the, the movie Mars? the celebration one of those i think that it is i'll have your answer next week yeah. fuck that that's the title yep or are you just saying that in general right now yes Fuck that. A man tracks down his former partners in the heist that got him sent to prison and uncovers more than he expected. To be fair, it's F and then it's a star CK. So fuck that, but it doesn't say the full word. One more time. A man tracks down his former partners in the heist that got him sent to prison and uncovers more than he expected. You know, at first I didn't think there'd be a title of a film release. Okay, fuck that. But now that you say there's an asterisk, they don't really spell it out. F U C K. So that, that pulls me back a little bit to think it could be real. I think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I am. It's leaning. also lack of, uh, uncovers more than he expected. I think 
Bruce Joey would write more there. Let's go with real. Real. And the answer is? Uh, it's unreal. Really? Yeah. Producer Joey, you got us. Uh, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Stories we tell. So the score is two to one. Yeah. Stories we tell, a film that uncovers layers of myth and memory to find the elusive truth at the core of a family of storytellers. Kind of reminds me of Big Fish. Yeah. Remember that movie? Yeah. I like that film. Yeah. I was swept away by that movie. I want to say I've seen this. That sounds familiar. What's the title again, please? Stories Sto- we, we tell. tell. The title sounds familiar. I like the title. I like the. I'm. I'm going to go. Yes, it's it's real. Are all you right. going to say real? I'll go real. Okay, let's go real together. We're green on all, all right. these. Let's go. And it is real. Stories we tell. Yes, I saw this movie. You did see the movie. I did see this. Movie. Scores three to yeah. one. Three to one. Yeah, lose the truth of family storytellers. Okay, cool. All right. Nobody was supposed to know. A DNA test kit starts a series of events for a small family that goes back generations in their small town. Nobody was supposed to know. You know, I want it's not playing real fair, but the expression a DNA kit is fairly contemporary. A DNA test kit. 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 Yeah. And that's really in the last five years. So uh, now I want to know what year that's, that's supposedly. Doesn't that say. I know, I know. It doesn't say. Oh, no, it does say. What did you say? 1964. You know what? I'm kidding. I'm you. Oh, you're fucking with me. I believe you. See, I'm still gullible, aren't I? Yeah. DNA test kit. Could be less. Do you have strong feelings? You go first on this one. I did. I went first last time. You did? Yeah. Yeah, but I went first the other three times. No, 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 you didn't. Yes, no, I said I knew the celebration. Whatever. You go first. May I hear the premise one more time? A DNA test kit starts a series of events for a small family that goes back generations in their small town. Goes back generations in their small town. You know, it's weird. I'm going to go real. I am too. Oh, you are going to go real? Yeah. All right. This is the fifth one. Let's see. And the answer is? Unreal. We got fucked. Fuck that. Three to two. Yeah. So we still beat your wife. Three to two. Mm -hmm. But it was almost 50-50. Okay. Last one. Oh, there's a sixth one. Yeah. So we either tie or we win. This is either tie or we're in good shape then, right? Worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is we we can't lose. Yeah. We cannot lose this game. We should just quit right now. Let's stop now. Now we could split. We could split. One of us oh, could say real and the other could say unreal. And that way one of us wins and the other ties. Yeah. But fuck that. We'll but do what it. does that get us? Okay. Right. The secrets we keep. A woman rebuilding her life in the suburbs with her fa- husband after World War II kidnaps her neighbor and seeks revenge for the war crimes he committed. Well. Well. I think this is real. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. It's got to be real. I think I saw this. Let's see. The secrets we keep is real. Yes. So four to two. Is oh, that correct? I did. I did not see this. This is new. No, I didn't see this. But I remember hearing the title or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Four to two. Way to go, buddy. We did. Hey, high five. <laughs> high five. Producer Joey. You want to do, speaking of five, you want to do some top five? Ah, uh, that was a good segue and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. 
Top five this week is top five. Uh, what's it called? Oh, Stowaway Movies. Stowaway, Stowaway Movies. Stowaway, right. yes. Um, I'll go first. Wait, I'd like to ask a couple questions. Yeah. They were going to overlap? Maybe. 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 Yeah. And there's, again, there's like, one or two on here. And from the beginning, I was when I asked if if you're playing it legit or you're going a little bit into metaphor. It's hard to not go into metaphor, mm-hmm. but I tried to play it legit. Can I ask you a question? Please. Are all of yours human? That's an Ira question. I know that is such an Ira question. It's because you ask me that almost every I, week. Yeah, yeah. No. Hmm. Are yours? And I it's think the one I think we're going to overlap. I agree. On. That's what we're going to overlap. Right. Now, wait, wait, wait. What's your ranking on that one? Five. On me, it's one. Is it one? Yes. Oh. We're talking about the same movie. I'm sure we are. Are we? I'm 70% sure. 70%. Is it from 2008? No. <gasps> oh. Interesting. Whoa. All right. Well, hell. Hmm. Moving on then. This is, yeah. Okay. But I want to ask one more question. Yeah. In Aliens, the sequel, Newt, the little girl, she was not discovered on the ship, but she was discovered on the base on the planet. Right. She was hiding on the base. So by definition, I don't think she's really a stowaway. That's correct. She was not a stowaway. Thank you. However, the alien was in the first one, which is your I know number that. one. No. Did you think about that? <laughs> yeah. I did, too. Is it on your top five? That's my scoops. Yeah, me, too. Yeah. It's a scoop. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> number five from 2008, Wally. You never saw Wally. I did see it. Did I you? actually own the Blu-ray. Um, help me out. The Stowaway. He gets, Where's... like, now, this is the one that I was a little loose with, because the others that I have are them sneaking on. Yes. Whereas he kind of gets caught up in the, like he doesn't mean to get on the ship. He's protecting that plant, right? And he gets taken up to the human ship. That's right. And so he's kind of a stowaway. He wasn't really supposed to be there. Yeah. So I'm stretching on this one, I will admit. Yeah. That's also part of why I put it at number five. I think I like I, Wally. I think I'll include Newt in Aliens now. Mm-hmm. Now wait a minute. She, no, because I know she wasn't. I mean, she was. Just well, do you have to be transported onto a vehicle to be a? He was. He was trying to. He was kind of on board the vehicle by mistake, right? So. And he was. I guess you. He wasn't. I guess necessarily trying to sneak. That he's okay. Wally is a stowaway in the same way that the stowaway from the movie Stowaway was a stowaway. You're right. But, but we Newt, spent 20 minutes talking about how the movie Stowaway shouldn't have been called Stowaway. Right. Boom. That's I'm going to edit my, that out of the podcast. No, 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 no. You just set yourself up, my friend, with your logic. I, you I just, get you that. I, I, I said it was stretching. Fo- I you was stretching. shot yourself in the foot with your example. But Newt You're gonna edit was never a. I agree. I mean, she was hiding on the on the planet right. when they landed, right. and she was hiding from the monsters. I agree. I agree. You know, I agree. The, I agree. Zom- Good. Zufo- okay. Whatever. All right. Okay. What do you got? Xenomorphs. That's what I said. My number five, Cleopatra. There was a scene oh. in Cleopatra. By the way, Joseph Mankiewicz. He we know about that guy. Mm-hmm. He directed the movie. Uh, the year of it's nineteen sixty-seven. Three sixty-three. Okay. Elizabeth. Look at all the people in this movie. We're talking Richard Burton. Elizabeth you know that Taylor. they're still out there in the desert. There's all those sets. Was, I heard that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they're still out there just kind of baking in the sun. 
And you know, in the, for the fugitive, the feature film, you know this, the train crash is still there. They left all the cars there. It was cheaper to leave them there and let them decay from the train sequence. Huh, They're all there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to say with Rex Harrison and Roddy McDowell, Martin Landau was in this film. And I remember the scene because I saw it with my buddy in 1963. And when we first see Cleopatra, she is rolled out of a carpet. Do you happen to rem- Did you no. see the movie? A long time ago. And this is the one where we talked. It probably was like 1964. And for me, it was 63. How old were you in 64? Were you I was, born? I was negative. And she, the carpet is unfurled. Unfurled, I guess. It's unrolled. And she is t- in the carpet to get her. I don't know if she was on a boat, but she was able to get into the palace mm. without anyone knowing. So in that sense, I don't think there has to be a vehicle included. No, that's fine. So she was indeed a stowaway. Oh, all right. My number four. It's a movie I'm not sure that you've seen, but I've, we definitely talked about it on the podcast. I've always referred to this movie as the lost Die Hard movie. 1991's The Last Boy Scout. So it's a buddy cop movie. I mean, it's written by the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon. So it's got the same kind of Lethal Weapon vibe, but it's got Bruce Willis right after Die Hard. So it's got the Die Hard vibe. It's a great blend of these two. And there's a scene where they're going out to fight all the bad guys. And Bruce Willis's daughter sneaks along with them and winds up saving them in the end. Right. It's definitely one of those kind of movies. But I I always like that that part that she kind of tagged along. She wasn't supposed to be there, but she winds up becoming critical um, in in the whole mission. Is this Shane Shane Black? Yeah. He wrote that? Yeah. I wanted to show you that I know these names. Oh, yeah. I always got Shane Black and Joe Esterhaus kind of confused. I I can see that. Yeah, a similar genre. I mean, I don't, but I could. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Since I'm not going to include Aliens, the sequel to Alien, that's off my list, so I'm I'm going with my number four being... Mm -hmm. I wasn't too crazy about this movie, but in Brad Pitt starring in Ad Astra, mm-hmm. he actually manages to get on that rocket. Oh, yeah. And it was stupid as hell. And I remember it bothered us two yeah. years ago when we critiqued that movie. It was in 2019. And he gets on board the ship seconds before it launches. It's in, it's nuts. That's right. Didn't he? Wasn't he like, well, I'm... He's running to it. Yeah. Remember? And like the... De- yeah. Yeah. And he gets on, he, he, I think he bumps some people off. I blocked that out of my memory. You're smart to do that. I guess he gets in the elevator and he gets up and he gets in the ship and he's not in the seat or anything. He's like in the cargo bin. And then it happens to take off. It's stupid. And I know I've often had trouble with the word favorite. And this is not a favorite movie of mine, but it indeed is a stowaway movie. Mm. So I'm including that as my number four. Okay. Yeah. My number three is my favorite movie, 1982's Road Warrior. Now, you might ask, why didn't I put it at number one? Uh, I just don't think it's the best example of a stowaway movie. But there is a a stowaway. The kid, the feral kid, in the big fight chase, they keep trying to put him on on the bus where all the good guys are going. And he breaks away and he hides on the on the truck so he could be part of the uh, part of the big mission. Right. And. He, he, they wind up, you know, at the very end when all the bullets go spraying everywhere. He gets the kid and is like, "Go get the bullet! Go get the bullet!" Do you yeah, remember that? I yeah. do. Yeah. He's a peculiar kid. Yeah, 
Was he kind of, you know, yeah. he, was, he was unique looking. But he was a stowaway. He's a stowaway. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really good, Robert. Now, I, I thought about doing Mad Max Fury Road, but I don't know that they were stowaway, the, the women that were kind of hidden on there, um, because they were more hidden than they were stowaways. They, right. so it was like hidden cargo. Well, that could be... Maybe. What do you got? My number three is a movie that actually exists, and I saw it called <laughs> Stowaway to the Moon. Now, listen. Oh, boy. Yeah, now, let me mention this. First, you don't know the year, but this is, this is when, before streaming, when there was ABC, NBC, and CBS had what's called their movie of the week. Okay. Their television movies. I see, you know I about movies, TV yeah. movies. And it was Stowaway to the Moon, a goofy science fiction movie. Uh, with Goofy Lloyd. science? Is this a Mickey Mouse? Goofy science fiction movie? Yeah. Yeah. So Goofy was, was in a sci-fi? Goofy was in it with Mickey and Minnie and Daisy Duck. Oh. Yeah, Daisy Duck was in but it. But no Mickey, huh? No Mickey. No, no Mickey. No Mickey. It was a silly movie. But the premise was this kid who gets on the rocket headed for the moon. And all he did, I remember seeing this in 1973. And again, these were called TV movies. And Lloyd Bridges was in this thing. And the kid puts on the spacesuit because he wants to go to the moon. And he's got a, um, a bucket with a wrench. And he gets on the ship. He just does. Oh, yeah, without, that makes without sense. Without any idea or anything. So, like you said, if you buy the premise, if you accept that premise, you're in for a nifty ride, which is kind of stupid. 1973, and it was called Stowaway to the Moon. I watched it, and it was silly, but I'm including that as my number, number three. Ira, have you seen Up? It's my number two. It's my number two as well. Is that the one that you thought we might overlook? Yeah, that, and I thought maybe Wally. 2009, Up. Beautiful film. Beautiful. We've talked about the first 18 minutes. It's incredible. It's life. It's the cycle of life. I, I really think, I mean, Pixar's done some masterful work. I really think this is their crowning achievement. And I think um, when the dust settles and you look at all of these movies, some of them are, some of them are just fun movies. You know, Toy Story holds up well, even though, you know, some of the, Technology looks a little dated, but it's the storyline. It's like, oh, that's that's a good movie, and oh, isn't that touching? But, but this movie but was up art. is beyond that. And there are certain mo- certain moments in there that are silly, and it's kind of like, okay, this is a kids' action movie. But there are moments that I'm going, oh my gosh, you're talking about the human experience yeah. right now, yeah. and you are addressing elements that I've never really seen addressed in that same way, and. There is, of course, the stowaway, you know, the kid who hops on the house, the house balloon. Yeah. And so I, it's, it's a beautiful film. Agreed. Robert, it's funny how we both put that down for our number two, huh? Yep. Uh, the year, obviously, 2009, and uh, Pixar movie. And he, the kid was like an Eagle Scout. Is that right? Mm-hmm. He wanted his badge and everything. And um, a little bit of a nudge, a loving nudge. And it's just what our, uh, the old guy needed. Yeah. And um, it's a real, a profoundly sweet movie. And uh, yeah, so he's in the house with all the balloons and, and there he be, a stowaway movie. It's interesting, we overlap. We both put that down as a number two. Our number ones are going to be different. And I'm mm-hmm. really curious about what's about to happen. My number one. Yes. I've only seen it once. Stowaway. You're fucking with no. me. You, what are you talking about? Yeah. You can't do that. Stowaway. But we didn't like it. 
It's supposed to be and favorites. Loved it. That movie was incredible. <laughs> These are supposed to be oh, favorites. Oh, no, no. We're talking about the one from 1997. Was there another 1997 yeah. movie called Stowaway? Yeah. And it was, uh, I've actually talked about it on this podcast before. It was a group of people that are going to, I think it's Canada, and they are, they get aboard a, a uh, in the back end of a, <clears throat> it's like a container ship, and they have a hidden compartment in the back, and it's supposed to be like a three or four day trip, and they're going to emerge in Canada, and they get halfway across the Atlantic, and the engine cuts out on the ship. And so now they're stuck and they're forced to have this, this decision of like, we need to get out of here because we got to eat and we're going to, you know, we're not, we're not meant to be in here for that long and they could be in there for days. And what do we do? And it's a really interesting film of like, how far are you willing to go in order to, to risk freedom? Wow. It's a beautiful film. You did talk about it before, didn't you? Yeah. To be fair, that movie's called Stowaways. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Nice. Yeah, but I thought it made like for better podcasts. Castaway, Castaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay. Make it for a better podcast. Is no. that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, because it's. To funny. confuse the two. It's fun, right. to, and you know it's what? fun to fuck with you. You're not going to believe this. My huh. number one? Yeah. Stowaway. Ah! Yeah, it's the one with Anna Kendrick. Oh, wow. Cool. It's my favorite yeah, Stowaway great. movie of all so time. So until next week, people. <laughs> hamana, hamana. Okay. Here it comes. I've been waiting for four days for this moment. Oh. Just for your reaction. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. My number one Mm -hmm. favorite stowaway movie. Okay. The Exorcist. Beautiful. I'm Uh, so jealous. (laughs) I couldn't wait for the... I I was bursting a gut. I couldn't wait for this moment. The devil. 76? uh, Actually, 73. 73? 73? Yeah, 73 when it came out. Uh, William Freaker directed it. Ellen Burstyn, of course, with uh, Linda Blair. And um, yeah, Damien the the devil, a stowaway into her body. Wow. Nicely done. Thank you. you. That was a really good one. Thank you. You know, for a movie made in 1973... It holds up pretty well. Yeah. Um, have you? When was the last time you saw it? Um, I've I saw parts of it on TV about ten years ago, but mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, it works. It, it really still does. Works today. There are a couple of things where you're like, it's a little not quite, you know. There, but the, most of it is just fantastic. Person is incredible in that movie. Um, you know, I had seen it a, a few times, and then in college they re-released it when I was in college, and did like this whole new version of it. And I was dating a girl at the time who was scared of that kind of stuff and was like, you know, we'll go see it, but I'm very, very scared. You got to you know, hold my arm or whatever. And we went to go see it. And we came back um, after the movie was out. And the theater was right down the street from my house. And so we walked back. There was a group of us that were walking back. And the fog was so thick, and it was just like The Exorcist. <laughs> and she bells. got really freaked out. Ah, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Did you have sex with her that night? No. I but thought I, she'd be vulnerable. But I fucked the demon. Yeah, I fucked the demon out of yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you have it. Exorcist, that's fun. I couldn't wait to see her expression that's for good. that. Good man. Scoops, my friend. Do you have any? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I had Alien, but I didn't really have too many scoops. Um, what, what do you got? No, all I have is, and I'm canceling this one species, but yeah, that was okay. But I in guess. a way, but she's really an alien. 
host. She's morphing. That's the word. I see. She's morphing, and it's not really the alien taking over her body. You know what I mean? It's not really. I did have Men in Black. Oh, that's funny. Well, that's the same thing. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're really stowaways. That's funny. We, we had limited stowaways, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. That's all. And then the other of aliens, of course. And I was playing with that. And I f- took it off my list for the reasons we already discussed. All right. Yeah. Cool. Hey, yeah. There you go. This is what? Where you're kind of tie-in now. I need you to do a oh. segue into our wrap-up. Oh, we should wrap and up. And maybe you want to say if people have their own stowaway movies. Their own what? Story movies. Yeah. That then they, what do they do? You're going to give them our email address. Oh. And for you, you're going to say it's. What's our email well, address? For you, it's Robert at, uh, at antiwave.com. And then I go, you say Ira, and I go, and or. Or. Ira, and or Ira, Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Right. So you, you want to start that now? I, we just I did just, it. We just did it? Yeah. Wow. And now. Where else can they reach us? Well, okay. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that, too? Yeah. There's other ways to reach us. You're huh. testing me right now. Huh. You're testing me right now to see yeah. my nose. And I want you to talk about uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh-huh. and you'll mention our handle there. Which is what? Which is, uh, which is Antiwave Pod. Huh. Or you can reach out to us uh, through... Uh, you can find us or, on... Or, or, yeah, you can also find us on Google Podcast uh, Music, yeah. which is still awkward. I Google Podcast Music. But we're on, we're on iTunes. Uh, they can go to Spotify. We're all uh, over the place. They could just go to our website. Yeah. We're all over the place, aren't yeah. we, Robert? We are. Yeah. yeah. This is like a consciousness-raising experience for me. <laughs> I like breaking you out of your... your yeah, I don't. Your I'm uncomfortable with that. I like patterns. I need patterns. We are all over the place, just like the spacewalk that is all over the place in terms of editing. That's right. I'm not even going on some sort of like a deep... Um, it's okay. No, I'm not even trying to go on a pun level here. Oh, I'm, you're not. I'm, you're not. I'm literally with... going. That fucking scene is all over the place. It is. Yeah. 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 Um. But. And, yeah. Producer Joey, make sure. Uh, you yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Okay. All right. I'm, sorry. But, okay. Ira, mm-hmm. you think I don't know how to wrap up the? I'm just trying to show? help you. You need me. You need me. You know, without Ira, you'd be nothing. Oh. Who do you think organizes this segment? So I'm here to make you look and sound good. By sounding even worse. <laughs> Let's thank producer Joy for doing a yeah. great job. Next week, the part that you forgot. Next week, oh, we're going right. to be doing... What are uh, we doing? An, 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 now, we say next week. We're actually going to take next week off. We are. We've been taking a lot of time off, yeah, Ira. Yeah. But when we come back... Yes. What are we doing? We're going to... Yes. Suck each other's dicks on oh. air. Well, we do that normally. No, no. This on be... air this time. But we did that a few... Okay. No. 69ing yeah. on the air into the mics. Well, yeah, but yeah. I, I do that with you every other For Tuesday. For the full time, the full show. Oh, the whole time. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I can stay hard that long. You know, this was such a good podcast up to right now. And now it's great. You're going to the gutter. Um, all right, so next next show, I should say. Yes. We're going to be watching a film called? Mm, yes, I want you to say it. The woman in the window. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. So you didn't think I knew that, did you? No, I know you didn't what know do you that. Mean? What do you mean? I know you know the movie because we talked about it, but I knew you wouldn't remember it. Yeah. The woman in the window. We'll be talking about that uh, next show. Right. Yeah. Okay. Whew. What do you want so to do So until then, keep watching movies. <laughs> that will help you sort them out. <laughs> Shane, come back, Shane, come back.